Hello, my name is Scott Kappelman, and I want to welcome you to the Discover Crosspoint podcast. This podcast is a part of the ministry of Crosspoint Church in Starkville, Mississippi. We hope this podcast will provide encouragement in your ongoing journey of following Jesus. We also hope it will help you stay connected to our church. So without any delay, let's dive into today's topic. I'm glad to have a new guest today that we haven't had on the Crosspoint podcast, and that is Miss Ashton Porter. And uh, Ashton, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. I wanted to uh, spend a little time with you, do an interview because you're a graduating senior from Mississippi State. It's mm-hmm. hard to believe. Yeah, it's crazy. It's blown by for sure. Have you um, given it much thought until the last few days? No, I. This past week has definitely been. The emotions have hit me this week. Um, just looking at the next two weeks, it's a week and a half left of classes, and then exams, and then I'm done. So, I have definitely not thought about it very much until now. I'm sure you've been busy writing yes. papers, taking tests, trying to get some last minute projects done. Yes, exactly. Trying to finish it all well. <laughs> That's good. Now, will you have to take many of your exams, or will you be exempt? Um, I don't know if anybody exempts anybody anymore. Yeah, um, mostly I'll just have like final projects and papers, no no exams or tests. Okay, so. that's good. But yeah, no exemptions, unfortunately. All right, well, Ashton, I want you to go back, um, because a lot of people may have met you at Crosspoint, but they may not know your background, but you're originally, you grew up in Toronto, or Mm -hmm. the Toronto vicinity, so tell us a little bit about growing up in Canada. Yeah, so I moved there when I was in first grade, and like went through, all the way through 12th grade, so it is really all I know. I grew up in a city called Mississauga, which is like about 45 minutes from downtown Toronto, um, but like a pretty big city nonetheless, Um, but living in Canada, I think the running joke with Canada is that the culture, like, we're not American, but we're not British, but we don't know what we are. (laughs) You don't have an identity. Right. It's just, we're not the other two things. Like, (laughs) so, um, but I think my childhood was very much like what it would have been like if I had grown up in America, like I was on soccer teams and like involved in like school, like just the same as like anything else. The one thing I will say is we don't have, like, homecoming because football's not a big thing. Right. So as, like, an early high schooler, that was a very big point of contention for me. And I was like, why do we not live in America? Because they have homecoming, and I wish I was living in America right now. So you'd spent enough time before you moved to Canada to know there were some differences and there was a homecoming yes. event <laughs> yes, that you yes. were missing out on. Yeah, and I think it's partially because, like, my family's American and we still like had ties through our extended family and also um like church connection so I had that like like cultural exchange you could say of um like knowing and interacting with different like high school and college students that would come for the summers and all that from the states so I got to see like the differences and like similarities between that like all throughout growing up um now explain just real quickly because there may not be there may be some people listening who don't know why you went to Canada, but your family right. went to Canada for right. So we moved there to um, like for church planting, and so up until I was probably in like ninth or tenth grade, my dad was the pastor of 
the different churches that we were at. And so that was like the reason we moved to Canada. Um, and then around that time when I was like in 10th grade, I think he transitioned to a different role with the North American Mission Board. And so he's the Send City Coordinator, which just means he's basically the coordinator and like... Um, Helps other people plant churches. Yes. And so different people that come into Toronto as church planners, like he works with them um, to get them situated and like to like walk with them like through that process. And then he also connects them to churches that want to like support them and partner with them in the States. Um, so he he calls himself like a pastor for pastors. Which is a great unquote. role. Yeah. He does a fantastic job um, yeah. in that role. And so that's what he does. And then my mom works with Jen Send um, Canada, which is like the summer college student program um where college students can go and work with churches throughout it's throughout North America but she works with the Canadian side and so during the summer she works with the Toronto team and then during the year she does all the logistics for across the country which is really cool yeah yeah so if just to kind of give some background for those who are listening the North American Mission Board several years ago decided to change their strategy and they designated some SEND cities, S-E-N-D, <laughs> because there were cities that they felt like around North America that really needed a gospel witness and it needed to be strategic and targeted. And so Toronto became one of the SEND mm-hmm. cities. And that, of course, facilitated your dad moving into that strategic role. Yes. And uh, your mom being a part of the Gen SEND, which is really cool because... That's how we were, as a church, able to partner with the Hamilton Fellowships is through your dad. Um, he, When we went up for our vision trip, when Kelly Week and I took that trip up to Toronto a couple of years ago, he showed us several church plants and introduced us to the pastors. Yes. And then we were able, from that experience, to pick the Hamilton Fellowships as our partnership. Mm-hmm. So your dad, dad was very instrumental in that. And then we've had GenSend teams, mm-hmm. our students from our church who've been a part of GenSend that have gone to Toronto. Mm-hmm. We were going to have a team this year. Yes. Obviously, that got canceled because of the concerns with COVID. Give everybody an update on how things are going in the nation of Canada and Toronto in particular in terms of COVID because it's a little more stringent there yes, than we're definitely. having here. Um, they've definitely been more locked down like, as a whole um, throughout the past year and a bit. Um let me think. They are currently like this this week specifically. They've gone into full lockdown, like back to March level. Um, nothing's open. You can only get like groceries and pharmacy items at the WalMarts and stuff like that. Um, I don't remember if the schools are fully closed, but they haven't been fully open this whole time. Like my younger brother's in eleventh grade, and he has only been going like twice a week for like one class a day it's a weird program but so he's in a hybrid model yes pretty much most of it virtual but going to class a little bit exactly yes and so yeah it's been my brother and my parents have been pretty locked up for this whole year um a lot of family time lots and lots of family time (laughs) for sure um and then our church the hamilton fellowships they went they were able to go back in person a little bit in October, November, I want to say. Um, but I think they have yet to go. And then they went online around Christmas and have yet to go back in person. So, so they're still virtual yes. at and this I, point. That's partially because 
like Toronto and the Toronto area itself are even more so locked down because the population's like it's the biggest metropolitan area in Toronto or the in Canada. Right. Um so I'm not a hundred percent a hundred percent sure of what the rest of Canada looks like, but at least for Toronto, like that's the situation. And your dad, since he's not a church planner, your your family recently moved to Hamilton yes. and joined the Hamilton Fellowship. So yes. that's their home church as well. Mm-hmm. So Hamilton's about 45 minutes from where I grew up in Mississauga. Um, and they, my family moved there when I was a freshman or sophomore at State. So I went home one holiday and it was a brand new city, brand new house, but they've definitely been loving it. They're thriving. It's the perfect city for them. And they've just been able to like get involved with that church and they just absolutely love it. And so it's very exciting. Well, that's exciting for yes. us. When the time finally comes and we can send a team back to Hamilton, your family will be there. So mm-hmm. it'll be kind of fun. Yes. Hamilton's a neat place. It's on the Western edge of Toronto. Yes. And it's kind of an artsy community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's unique because lots of other cities around Toronto are just sort of expansions of Toronto and trying to like be like Toronto. They're legitimate like suburbs. Um, whereas Hamilton is very much, it has its own unique, like specific characteristics and identity, um, and prides itself on that. And like, wants to be different than Toronto, like wants to be its own thing. Um, so they've got the art scene, very, um, I want to say like hipster that's overused, but like, that's the vibe, but they also have like great outdoor activities. So even in high school, like we would go all the time and like hike and climbing waterfalls and like all that kind of thing so it's a very cool city um smaller than toronto it's about i want to say like eight hundred thousand, um but very has a small feel though yes it has a small feel but still has lots of great things to do and it's like very small town feel but a big city Well, I remember when Kelly and I were there and talking to uh, your pastor from the Hamilton Fellowships, Jason, Mm -hmm. um, he was sharing with us, and I didn't realize this, that Toronto is essentially the New York City in terms of the arts for Canada, Mm -hmm. and a lot of those people have moved out to Hamilton who are part of the um, the plays and the big musicals and things like that. They now live in Hamilton, so Hamilton's really got a true eclectic mix of artsy people very eclectic actors as well as um musicians Mm -hmm. it's a really cool place yeah and i think the hamilton fellowships like reflects that really well and reflects like the community that they're in and so they'll bring in like like jason himself is an artist and a musician and so he'll bring that into like his sermons or the different like worship styles that they do and just like reflect the community that they're in so i think that's a really cool thing that that church i try to watch the uh video services occasionally of Mm -hmm. our partners and so i've watched the hamilton fellowships a couple times and it's so funny because jason will be playing in the early part of the worship then he'll stop make announcements or whatever then he'll play some more then he'll preach he's involved in the whole service and i think his son his son liam yes leads the worship yes and so they do that they actually just released an album the two of them together it's called like father like son it's not it's very folky it's not a worship song at all but it's very quirky just like hamilton just like liam and um jason like it's it's great i think he posted a couple like stories explaining like the backstories behind his songs but it's fun to listen to. So they to. wrote them 
Yes, the they songs wrote themselves. them. They recorded them, all of that. And I think they must have done that this past year, like while they were just all. At while home. they had the time. Yes. But there's this one song called um, 60 Days, and it's. <laughs> the, I was listening to it and I was like, Jason, I'm so confused. Like, what are you singing about? But it's this, I guess, backstory, sorry, is the Hamilton Fellowships has uh, this this ministry, this weekly thing that they do at the beer store where yeah. a lot of the homeless people come and like bring bottles and cans that they've collected. They can so turn they can, it in for money. Yes, they get their refund. And so to meet like their needs for like food and like just like community, like they start, the Hamilton Fellowship started this thing they call the beer ch- beer store church. And so they'll go and bring sandwiches, hot chocolate in the winter, like lemonade or whatever, and just like hang out and like, they've cultivated great relationships with these guys. Um, like they've been doing it for multiple years. Uh-huh. And so all that to say back to this song is they wrote it based on a story that one of these homeless men told, told them. them. Yes. And so it's like, I spent 60 days in a prison just <laughs> like, and it's just like, it goes on and on. So it's just very funny, quirky, but the backstory is what's really interesting to me. Cause it's so reflective of Jason and Liam and like, Right. their lives but it's very fun at the same time that's neat yeah okay so you grew up in toronto there were probably some people listening who are going well how did she get to starkville <laughs> mississippi mm-hmm. to mississippi state but there's a backstory to that you have connections to starkville yes so my both of my parents went to school here um they met here and so i grew up um watching mississippi state football games on saturdays but as a kid, I was always like, I'm never going to go to school where my parents went to. I'm going to be different, blah, blah, blah. Now I'm here. And obviously that didn't happen. But yeah, so I, it was the only American school I looked at. I did look at other like Canadian universities, but just based on multiple different things, um, like finances, but also just wanting to like be able to branch out and like grow as an individual. As an individual, definitely. And have to, like, grow in community and, like, rely on something other than, like, my parents. Like, right. Mississippi State seemed like a great option. It's definitely been um, a learning experience, for sure. But I've had such a great community here. And I have extended family, like, in Clinton and Houston, Texas. And, I mean... Have so you're been... not here just isolated alone. Exactly. You can get to people in your family. Yes. And have, like found a new family in Starkville as well. So, like, I have definitely not been alone, um, but it was definitely a very far trip to move in. Sure, that makes sense. So, have your have your parents struggled with you being here for four years and then being in Toronto? And I know the last year, like, you have not really seen them because you couldn't cross mm-hmm. the border. Right. So, how's that gone? Um, I think, I mean, I think they've loved overall that I'm here in that how much they've seen me grown and learn and all that I've learned while being here. Um, this year has definitely been hard, but before COVID, like they took every opportunity they could to like come down for a weekend and make it like they got to like check out Crosspoint or um, go to a football game, see their friends. Like they would mm, Try to come down like maybe once or twice a year, I think. Right. At least. Freshman, and your dad at one point came down and did the uh, 
basic training. Yes, As she the did. school year mm-hmm. started for the BSU. Yes. So he was here for a weekend or yes. a few days at the BSU. I think that was, I was moving into my new house. And so he like helped me move in. So it was great for that, but then also got to like do his job. And so many of our students were part of the uh, basic training that year Mm -hmm. because they were family group leaders and they were all talking about what a great job he did, what a great speaker he was. I didn't get to hear him personally, but Mm -hmm. I got a lot of good feedback. (laughs) That's so good. That was, I was a family group leader that year too. So it felt, it was a little weird for me, but also it was how I grew up was like, my dad was the preacher. Yeah. yeah, And so, um, (laughs) a little like trying to like, connect my Mississippi state life to my Canadian life and they were both merging but yeah. yes it was great so what has been as you've moved to Starful lived on your own what's been the hardest thing that you've had to go through and then like what are some of the lessons that maybe you've learned because you did want to get an independent experience grow personally mm-hmm. spiritually so like what's been hard what was good okay um hard would be homesickness right off the bat, but in the way that it's only like increased every year. I think looking back on freshman year, I was having such a good time and thought college was the best thing ever. And so I was not looking back. I was not homesick at all. But I think every year that I've just sort of gone through college has just been more and more like appreciating like my family. And I think obviously like COVID and spending so much time together strengthened that family bond and so when I left it was harder so homesickness for sure um but something that helped me get through that has definitely been my church family and the community of other college students but also like the broader community of people like families and adults that also welcomed me into their lives and like made this a second home um so holding those two together and then I guess the second thing that was, I don't know if this is hard or good or it's somewhere in the middle, but just the, I've had so many opportunities to grow spiritually, like whether it was like in leadership positions, such as like a small group leader or like working with international students, um, with the BSU international ministry, um, like great opportunities to grow and learn and serve and they've been incredible but also in that it's hard to find like space for rest and for um time management and doing well in like all aspects of my life and like doing like the best that I could if that makes sense and so trying to learn that through all the four years um and I think this past year has been great for me and just being able to like section off like this is my time for like to focus on growing in community and this is the time to focus on rest and like resting in the lord and um this is the time to actually do schoolwork and not just be running around having fun um so just trying to find that like balance of time and commitments and learning how to say no (laughs) um to some things so that's like hard, but it's also all of those things were good. And so it's trying to find the balance and yeah. figure all of that out. Okay. So I'm going to chase a couple of uh, topics that you brought up. I know that you've gotten involved at Crosspoint once you came to our church. And I think early on, if I remember this right, you were primarily involved with the college ministry. Mm-hmm. 
but along the way, something clicked and you decided you wanted to dive a little deeper and actually get to know adult families in our church. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of changed your strategy, got involved in an adult life group. So explain yes. like that, that contribution, how that has impacted your life, and what would you say to other students in the future about doing something like that? Yes, so I think what sort of made that change that you talked about was I left for a semester and was studying um, in France and got involved in a great church there. And they didn't have just like college only small groups. So really my only option was adults adults and families and college students all together. And so, and I just grew so much in that environment and like learning from adults. And so then I came back to Starkville in the fall and was like, why have I never done this before? (laughs) Like, I've been here for, what, three years? Like, it was so valuable for me somewhere else that I was like, I want that at Crosspoint. And, like, I've always wanted to get to know the adults. That's something that drew me to Crosspoint in the first place was that it wasn't all college students. And, like, you could see, like, the multiple generations and families that, like, reflected, like, the kingdom and reflected the community, like, that's what Crosspoint had, but I hadn't had a chance to like get involved with them. And so, yes, I got involved in that in the fall. So I've been doing that almost a year, I guess. And you've been a part of the Brandon Jolly's life group. Yes. I I don't know what the name is. I can't remember. Off the top life journey, I think. Okay. Life journey, life group. Um, and they've just been incredible in the way that I just, love getting to learn and hear about their lives and what it looks like to be a believer when you're married when you're have a family when all these things like what it looks like later on and they've just been such an example to me but also like a place for me to ask questions and to grow and to like um be supported in prayer and like all of these different things like it's just been incredible and also to not have that just confined to the like hour a week that we do right. Bible study, but to also like get to hang out with them outside of that and like truly be a part of their lives. Um, I just think that's such a reflection of like what church should be. should be. Yes. And so living life together. Exactly. And so, and not just with like people my own age that are in college, like it's so easy to get into like a college bubble of only other college students. And so you're all like struggling with the same things and like enjoying the same thing. So it's hard to have a bigger picture of like what life looks like and like what it looks like when you leave college to be a believer. Right. Um, so for any college students listening, like I would 100% recommend, like could not recommend this more to get involved with an adult family, whatever it may be, small group. Um, and just to be invested in that as well. Um, I appreciate you saying that so much. It was, it was funny. You're talking about not just having the Bible study time, but it, like living life with the people. Mm-hmm. A couple of weeks ago, I had to bring Sam McLemore yeah. the key because he was going to pick up the trailer the next morning on Sunday. And I was driving to their house just to hang it on their front door. And I saw you in the little park near their house. You had RJ. Yeah. Y'all were having the best time chasing each other. Yeah. We were hiding from an invisible park monster. Oh, I didn't know yeah, that. So I just thought y'all were playing chase. No, we were... Um, hiding behind every slide and bench and everything from the invisible monster (laughs) (laughs) which rj could tell you exactly where the invisible monster was hiding i'm sure and 
Yeah, so basically we just ran in circles for a very long time. It was fantastic. It's part of wearing him down. Yes. For the night, I'm <laughs> sure. But I thought that was great. Like you were not just getting to know the families that you were in the Bible study with. Mm-hmm. You were actually getting to know their children. You were yeah. spending time with them. And that really is, I think, what the New Testament church looked like. 100%. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were living life together and they knew each other and sharing life. Good, bad, and ugly. Yeah. Um, and I think it's cool because... Like, it's sort of come full circle for me without, like, meaning to. And, like, when I was a sophomore, I was a youth group leader for the middle school girls. So I had, like, Rebecca Jolly in my group, and now I'm in the small group with her parents. And so it's just, like, cool to see that, like, arc of getting to know the families. But I wasn't able to get to know her parents when I was, like, her youth group leader, if that makes sense. So like on the flip on the back side of it now you know the parents yes so that's been very cool that's neat okay i want to chase another uh topic you mentioned and that is time management mm-hmm. so you're a student you've been a family group leader at the bsu you've worked with our youth um you're very busy because you also work with athletic teams mm-hmm. yes primarily track yeah just Manager for the track team. Manager for the track team. Because your dad ran track here. Yes, he did. Um, it was pretty good. I, I think so, yes. Man, was I have no time, idea. But, but I think it was pretty good. Yes, he says so. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sure the time management angle was a little bit challenging. Definitely. Was there a point in your collegiate career where you finally figured it out? Or was it just in the last year where you've kind of realized the balance that's needed to make it work? Yeah, I don't know if there was a specific point, um, per se, but it's definitely just been, like, a growing journey of learning how to set aside time to fully focus on, like, whatever it is I'm doing, because I think at least the first two years for me were very, like, I would be hanging out with friends, but also be trying to do homework all at the same time. Right. And so then you're not doing your homework well, but you're also not hanging out with your friends well. Right. And so... both things are getting like the short end of the stick and so have just been learning how to set aside time to like be fully present with my friends and then be fully present with academics or work and just to be able to like give my all to whatever I'm doing in the moment right um so yeah no specific point but it's just been like learning those practices and like trying to just be better in that also practical thing is sometimes you have to delete social media to have better time management (laughs) Um, and that's been something for me this year um just trying to finish out different like research projects and things like I had to cut that out and I've not really regretted that at all you you did find that you picked up quite a bit of time Mm -hmm. by eliminating social media (laughs) definitely it's a time waster yes and just more time to like read and do things that are very enjoyable and restful for me, but I never gave myself time to do them because I would just be scrolling on my phone all the time. But right. yes, that makes sense. Uh, there was a Hawaiian pastor. I think he's still a pastor. Wayne Cadario or Cadero. I'm not sure how you say his last name, but he uh, did an interview several years ago that I was listening to, and he's he said something very similar to what you just said. And that sometimes we try to do all things every day. Like we're trying to read our Bible. We're trying to go to work. We're trying to, whatever the list is that we have for the agenda for the day. 
we're trying to do all of them. If there are 10 items, they get 10% of the day. And so over the course of the day, you know, that fills in 100% of our day. But he said, it's, it's really more, there are seasons where you need to invest in your family. And so for that season, you need to really pour into your family. But then the next season may be that work becomes stressful. So you've got to pour extra time in your work. Mm-hmm. But you're listening to the Spirit. And, and he talked about being fully engaged in what you were doing in that moment, which is kind of what mm-hmm. you're saying. Like, instead of trying to have friends and do homework simultaneously at the same time, you realize maybe friendships for this hour or two, then I'm going to go invest in homework for mm-hmm. an hour or two. But I'm not going to do them at the same time what is the spirit leading me to do in that moment that's most important so just that's kind of resonated with me a little bit um i think there's also a podcast series i listened to based on a book and now i can't remember the author's names but i want to say it was called fight hustle end hurry and it was just like a little mini series but it was very insightful and similar to what you were saying kind of similar concept Mm -hmm. yeah i think we do try to spread ourselves too thin instead of investing where we are in the moment and and that may be why we're a little frazzled yeah but that's just some food for thought on Mm -hmm. that okay you're graduating in a few weeks what's going to be your degree and then what are you going to do next okay so my full degree name is a double major in political science and french with a minor in international studies wow so that's that um that's and, part of what led you to France then to get a, yes. a semester yeah, of um, actual experience yes which was so beneficial and great and that was a great time um but after this graduation ah that's scary to say um I will be going I have a teaching position as an English teaching auxiliary in Madrid Spain and so it's this program in elementary and grade school classrooms where they have these native English speakers that work as like in groups of one or two or three with students and just help them with their English skills. Um, So I won't be the main teacher in the classroom, but my main role is just to do like English speaking activities and to teach them about like American and Canadian culture and all these different things. So I'll just be hanging out with kids (laughs) for the next year. And before we started this podcast, I asked, as we were conversing, do you know Spanish? And you said, no, I do not. (laughs) And I was like, are you kidding me? You're going to Madrid for a year and you don't know any Spanish. So explain how that's going to take place. Okay, so I will go a month before I have to start teaching. um, And I'll be in intensive Spanish language courses. And I'll be living with a Spanish-speaking host family. Um, which will definitely be a major culture, language shock, everything at the same time. Um, But hopefully will give me at least survivable Spanish skills um, to make it through the next year. But a huge reason for me wanting to go to Spain is to at least get some Spanish skills um, for future career um, prospects um, in the field that I'm interested in. And so... Yes, I will definitely look for English-speaking friends so that I can still have people to talk to and like fully <laughs> express myself to, but it's definitely going to be a year of focusing on gaining those Spanish skills and now, when really you, working on when that. When you add Spanish, mm-hmm. how many languages then will you be able to speak 
three. So English, French, Spanish. Okay. Did you grow up speaking a little bit of French in Canada? Um, so I didn't live in the Francophone like part, so not in my daily life, but we have to take it minimum like fourth grade to ninth grade Okay. in school. And then I extended to 12th grade and have done it as a major. So I'm pretty proficient pretty in, yes, French. Um, and I hope this is not naive to say, but since they are both like romance languages, Spanish and French, like the stru- the language structures or the sentence structures are similar. Right. Um, different, like the fact that the words have genders and all this kind of thing, like hopefully some of those like skills will transfer um, and at least make it more, uh, I don't, I don't want to say easy to learn, but I, I would agree with be, you. Yeah. I took uh, French as a third language uh, when I was trying to do PhD work. We had a, mm-hmm. a third language. We had Greek and Hebrew, and they wanted some other, either French, Latin, or German. So I chose French. And I'd had Spanish in high school, and I will say, based on my limited, limited, limited knowledge, <laughs> you're correct. There are some mm-hmm. similarities. And so I do think that'll make it a little more easy to transition Definitely. into the Spanish language. Mm-hmm. So I think you can do it. You're very, more than you. <laughs> All right, you, you said you had some long-term goals. Yes. Job-wise. So w- what are you thinking? So um, the like midterm goal would be grad school. I'm looking at different uh, international affairs, international development programs. Um, so still trying to look through those, which is why I didn't want to go straight from undergrad to grad school. Um, but a lot of them like you to have international experience before going into the programs. And so that's partially the reason for doing this like year long stint. And then after that, I wanna work in something related to immigration, uh, whether it's like public policy formation and research or the more direct service with immigrant populations, either in the US or internationally. I'm assuming, do you have a dual citizenship? (laughs) <laughs> or you're considered an American citizen? I'm an American citizen okay. and a permanent resident in Canada. Okay. Yes. Um, so you would be more probably qualified to have a job of that nature in the U.S. Yes. More so than Canada. Mm-hmm. Yes. And there's definitely more like job opportunities for that in the U.S. as well. Okay. So if I wanted, like wanting to work in that job field in the U.S., having at least some Spanish skills like opens up. Sure more than half the field so yes that, it'll be beneficial at least in that this way this is laying the groundwork mm-hmm. and are there some grad schools in particular that would better fit what you're trying to do obviously would not be coming back to mississippi mm-hmm. state right um i've been looking at different ones like in the northeast so there's a couple in boston dc columbia and new york like different ones that have really outstanding programs um so mostly preliminary right. research on that, but yeah, I've definitely been reaching out to a couple people and asking them questions about their experiences and like what they're doing. So still trying to like navigate that and figure out right in the long run. But I'm hoping while in Spain, there's different like NGOs and nonprofits that work with immigrants and refugees in the Madrid area, um, and so I'm planning to also get involved with those like in my not teaching time yes and so right still gain that career experience as well and further navigate what in the world i'm gonna do right that's great 
Well, Ashton, I am so thankful that you took the time to do the interview today. Any last thoughts you want to share for those who might be listening? Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) I'll put you on the spot. That was not in the list. (laughs) I'm so glad to have been on this podcast and for, honestly, the past four years of Crosspoint, of course, and so... I'm just thankful to get to talk about my experience and that maybe a couple people are listening. Well, we have uh, found you to be a great blessing to our church. We are thrilled that you found Crosspoint and have invested your time in Startful with us. And um, we're going to miss you when you're gone. But we're looking forward with great anticipation to the many things that God's going to do through Mm -hmm. your life in the future whether it's in Madrid or even beyond in grad school Mm -hmm. or in that immigration role, hopefully that you'll have at some point. I know God's going to use you in that way to uh, honor his name and continue to share the gospel. So that's most important. But thank thank you you so much (laughs) for today and uh, looking forward to what's ahead. Hope you've enjoyed the podcast and uh, we'll have some additional guests over the next few weeks, uh, some additional graduating seniors who are leaving us from Crosspoint, so I hope you'll come back and listen to those as well. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to today's Discover Crosspoint podcast. If you don't have a church home, please come join us as we worship at the Greensboro Center on Sundays. We offer two worships. One is at 9 a.m. and the other is at 1030. The Greensboro Center is located at 401 Greensboro Street. You can also find out more about our church by visiting our website, discovercrosspoint.org, or by following us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. We look forward to having you join us again next week, and we would love for you to share this podcast with others that you feel like could benefit from its content. Have a great day.